You're listening to the Analuya Podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in today's animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And welcome to the Analuya Podcast. My name is Josh. I am once again joined with my lovely wife, Rebecca. Hey guys, happy to be here. Yes. And happy you're here. Absolutely. Always want to welcome our listeners so that they can feel warm and safe and because this is a safe place. Yeah, I hope that I hope this is a safe place for everybody. Yeah, and we want to welcome all thoughts, opinions, questions, comments. It's even gonna be easier for you guys now to do that because we are now on social media. Woohoo! I'm so excited. This is a big milestone. Now you're probably thinking, Josh, Rebecca, really, it took you this long, <laughs> 12 episodes to get on social media. Well, we really wanted to take time to nurture and kind of perfect our craft. We're still perfecting it. Oh, yeah. It's always as far a work as, in progress. Yes. As far as format of the show, the flow, we have right in front of us our show outline. We're going to try to stick to it as much as possible. So, again, we are on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter is at Analuya. Instagram is at Analuya Podcast. Wonderful. And Come follow can, us. Yes. Find us. And you can also send us an email directly to our now official email address. It is contact at Analuya.com. So again, big milestone with social media. So we're really excited about that. Just trying to post, you know, at least a few times a week to get the engagement going and posting little teasers about the coming episodes. Anyway, for this episode, it's going to be a little bit different um, yeah. because the film that we've chosen is uh, very history laden. And it is. Um, we don't spend um, too, too much time, but we do believe it's important because the whole film, to give you background and kind of context, we do want to go ahead and give you that history. And yeah, I could definitely like do a whole podcast myself just on the history of this. <laughs> so um, I'll try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> and that's why I employed Rebecca to give us this because she has she's been to the place mm -hmm. where this artifact is that this film is centered around yep. so without further ado rebecca what is the title of the film that we will be discussing today so the title of the film that we're discussing today is the secret of kells <laughs> The Secret of Kells. Now, Rebecca, for those who don't know, what is kind of the artifact that surrounds or is kind of like the main marker of this film? So the main uh, artifact that this film is centered around is a an illuminated manuscript called the Book of Kells. Sometimes it was called um, throughout history the Book of Iona. Because as we'll see when we talk about the movie and the, the sort of synopsis, the book actually um, started being written in a little island off of the coast of Scotland called Iona. And then it made, a way, made its way over to um, Ireland and uh, into 
the Abbey of Kells. So that's why it's called the Book of Kells. But it's an illuminated manuscript that is dates back to 800 AD. And the, the contents of this book are actually the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And um, it's written on vellum, which is calf skin that's been prepped and, and made into paper, a paper-like substance. Um, so it's really really thick, thick in some places than in other places. But yeah, so that's that's the book. And it's absolutely beautiful. If you've ever had a chance to go to Dublin, um, which is where it's located now in Trinity College, it is absolutely gorgeous and totally worth it. Uh, once the world opens back up again and travel becomes more normal, highly, highly recommend you make your way over there at some point to go look at this book absolutely and rebecca actually has like a poster of the book of kells and it's it's magnificent i'm sure the yeah. actual artifact is even more breathtaking yeah it really is yeah what's so interesting the to me the most breathtaking part of it is obviously the incredibly intricate details of the knotwork and the little animals and just like fun little things that they hide into the pictures um but what i don't know what just like shines off of the page is the yellow pigment on the paper that looks like gold they use it all throughout but it's it's actually yellow it's not gold which is so surprising to me but it comes from a a stone i believe it's actually very toxic so the health of the monks maybe were not so great but it's absolutely beautiful and we'll get into kind of the whole design the colors and kind of how the pigments were made and what was used um, during our discussion and analysis so we'll get into that as well so more history to come don't worry <laughs> so to give a little bit of technical specifications regarding this film it came out in 2016 it was done by cartoon saloon if you have seen films such as wolf walker or the red winner they also did those as well or song of the sea song of the sea too. as well yes i haven't seen so we haven't seen song of the sea wolf walkers those are the only two we've, we saw the bread winner. yeah that, we was, saw red, that was beautiful it as is well. really yeah really well done and we also um you said that this had very druidic druidic influences <laughs> Yeah, uh, druidic. Um, and, and really that just means um, the druids are the, the priests of the Celtic culture. So it's Celtic is really what it is. But yes, there are a lot of overtones, very overt overtones of Celtic culture. Yeah. And to just kind of give you a few voice actors that you may have heard of. We have Brendan Gleeson, who voiced Brother uh, the the Abbot. Um whose name is uh Sela in the Oh, movie. that's the Abbot's name? Mm -hmm, yes. Oh, I don't think we have Did we ever hear his name? I don't uh, at least uh, at least I don't the synopsis is the first time I'm seeing seeing his actual name. Yes. Yeah, it was always just like Abbot. Yeah, like brother Abbot and all that. Right. Then we have Brendan, our main character, voiced by Evan the Choir, and then we have brother Aiden, who is listed as the Illuminator, uh by Nick Lally. The Illuminator. I mean, yeah, I guess he is the Illuminator, but it's interesting. So to give you a brief synopsis of the film, in the remote Irish woods, Selak prepares a fortress for an impending attack by a Viking war party. Unbeknown to Selak, his young nephew Brendan, who has no taste for battle, works secretly as an apprentice in the scriptorium of the local monastery, learning the ancient art of calligraphy. As the Vikings approach, revered illuminator Aiden arrives at the monastery and recruits Brendan to complete a series of dangerous magical tasks. 
Well, that's an interesting synopsis. Where did you find that? Did you write that yourself or? I wish. No. <laughs> uh, it's off of IMDb. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily written the synopsis that way, but you know, whatever. But it does you the job. didn't. I No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I get, it, get, it gives a good, good overview of, of the movie. And before we get too far into our discussion and analysis of The Secret of Kells, we're just going to go ahead and name off the main characters. So we have Brendan, who is the nephew of Brother Abbott. And we have Brother Aiden, who is the illuminator or Ill- main illustrator of the Book of Iona that comes to be the Book of the Kells. Then we have Ashlyn, who is the spirit of the forest type of thing yeah kind of she's kind of rebecca will get a little bit more context of that yeah i've got a a little little bit later on on her yeah and then we have the cat pangerbon so those are our main characters now from the synopsis when we begin this film we have the brother abbot who along with the other villagers in this abbey are building this wall to try to keep out the coming vikings and Brother Abbott is putting a lot of stock in this wall. He's like, he's yes. like Gandalf, you shall not pass. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. That's his hope anyway. It doesn't work. But. And Brendan is just not having any of it. Well, yeah, I mean, he's like, he's a kid. He's like 12 years old. He's yeah, like, I don't see, want to stay stuck in here. Exactly. I want to be helpful. I love my yeah. uncle, but I don't want to stay in here. I want to go into the outside world, see what's out there. He's so curious. And uh, Brother Aiden helps to push him over the edge and say, yes, go. But, yeah, absolutely. That's right. And we know that Brendan has other aspirations because the first thing we see is him chasing a goose around to get feathers for a, a quail pan or something. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they did. That is accurate, by the way. Um, they did use quills um, from a goose or a s- swan or something. Anyway, one of the options was a goose um, to get the the quills from. So that is what they would have actually used. So he's trying to practice like calligraphy because that's one of his um, interests. And they, the villagers, some of the villagers start talking about the Book of Iona and who is the keeper of this book. And that guy, um, they, they <laughs> give these like funny descriptions of the old elaborate <laughs> on that. Yeah, they give these funny descriptions. They're like, oh, yes, it's the book of the great column kill. He's the one who started writing this book. And they say, they say that he has a third eye. And so, and there's, there's little animations um, of a little old guy, Column Keel. <laughs> and he's, he's a boop, and a little third eye pops up on his forehead. And they're like, no, no, it was not a third eye. It was a, he had 12 fingers on each hand and a third arm. And, then, <laughs> and, and like, no, 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 it's a third eye. And it just like tastes the the third arm off <laughs> right he's like, eh, and he throws it down <laughs> it was very cute i like it this is about the time where brother aiden kind of enters the abbey yes. and he brings the book of iona and with brother aiden bring the book of iona over that says to have all this great power and impression when you look at it brendan wants a glimpse of that yeah they were talking the all of the monks were talking about you know when you it's it's said that when sinners look upon this book that they are blinded and and 
I don't know, they whatever. Just like if you were to see God, it's like, hey, God, he turns around and says, oh my gosh. Yeah, or like in uh, Ark of the Covenant, your face melts off. <laughs> you look like that guy in that painting. No, scream. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we have Brendan who wants to take a peek at, uh, at just one page, just one page of this book. And then Watson, Brother Aiden, is, oh, curious, are you? And this is kind of where our story really begins. Oh, yeah. Now it starts. Because Aiden then um, tells uh, Brendan that he should help him or that he wants him to help him gather these little berries that um, create the ink that they can draw with. And so he wanted Brendan to to help him with that. Regarding the whole berries and to mm. the pigmentation, you have um, a few notes on that. I do, yeah. So um, because I was wondering, it's like, was that just you know for you know artistic license that oh yeah you know we need the ink from these berries or was that actually historically somewhat accurate? Yeah, I mean you can make ink from berries. That is true. Um, but all the research that I did from so actually I did a lot of research watching YouTube videos. So there's there's a a whole YouTube channel called The Book of Kells that has these short little videos that are made by the experts in Trinity College. So they're the ones directly working with the text. So I trust their, uh, what they say, over anybody else. So I watched a couple of those, which were very interesting. And they didn't mention any berries in the uh in the pigments that were used except for in something called iron gall ink this was made from an oak apple berry i think or oak apple nut or something Um, but they uh they like extracted the galatonic acid from this thing and it created sort of a brownish black ink but that was the only one that really had a berry mentioned that i noticed all the other ones were um, stones. They were like gemstones. It was mostly minerals. Nice. That, that is so interesting. I, I've always found it, you know, intriguing as far as like what was used for like ink and how it was made and how how basically basically printing to communicate documents, books, scrolls, whatever it was during that time period. Yeah, yeah. Even today, if you go online and you watch videos on people making paint, most of it is from stones. There's not a lot of it from plants. Um, obviously, you, you can make it from plants. It's a bit of a laborious process and a chemical endeavor. <laughs> to do it um but because i've watched videos on paint making like how do you make paint um the easiest way is with stones different stones now when aiden enlists the help of the brendan he's apprehensive at first because the brendan's like well no no, i I, i'm I'm forbidden i'm not allowed to go out right yeah he was he was very insecure um because i think at the same time that he Aiden was saying, you know, help me get these berries. He was also saying, you know, I want you to be my apprentice, essentially. And he was going to train him to be the next illuminator. And so Brendan was like, whoa, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I'm that qualified. Like, who am I? Woe is me kind of a thing. So he's very, very unsure of himself. And that's kind of the lean up to the theme of what we've kind of 
I guess, pinpointed as the main theme of this movie for our discussion purposes, and that is kind of going out into the world and finding or seeing God in different things in the world. If yeah, you've ever heard nature specifically, yes, yeah, yeah. If you've ever heard the Leanne Ryan song "There Is a God," in the lyrics, there's all these type of correlation uh, correlations that uh, she makes, like you know, Davy Laughter, you know, um, Daisy popping up through. Um, concrete just a whole bunch of things and finding god in or looking or all right before we go any further when i say finding god we're not trying to find him in any type of sort of thing but generally we're using different mediums to illustrate who and what god is yeah, they're visual illustrations. Like like when you go out into, um, since this movie surrounds so much uh, on nature, um, because that is the Celtic culture, that's the, their center. It's, it's centered completely around nature. And so when you, as Christians in particular, when we go out into nature, we look at this and go, this is incredible. Wow. And it points us to God, our, the creator of the creation. But yes, with nature, and that's something that we're going to get to here in just a, just a moment um, regarding the history and the symbolism in this movie. Yeah, and there's a ton of symbolism. Oh my goodness, we could do a whole podcast just on the symbolism just, Yeah, just of, on the symbolism alone, right? And going back to, you know, quote-unquote, finding God or using mediums as illustrations that that's basically what we do on this podcast we take animation and we use it as illustration to correlate biblical and spiritual themes and open up the conversation about god yeah that's what we do that's how we do that's how we roll this is how you podcast (laughs) but going into the symbolism let's kind of go further down the film where brendan is in the forest and he meets ashlyn now we see ashlyn in the first part of the like the very beginning the opening and she says i have lived through many ages and she starts listing off animals like the salmon the deer and on the surface you're like okay salmon deer she's seen those everybody's seen salmon everybody's seen deer <laughs> i've been Maybe hunting i've been not. fishing <laughs> Um, but no, those are actually symbols. And Rebecca, what are the symbols that are that those animals are kind of like conveying? Yeah. So in Celtic culture, the salmon, deer, and wolf all have um, great significance in their meaning. The salmon, the first one that she mentions, is a symbol of all knowledge. And then she mentions the deer which is a symbol for fertility, abundance, and renewal. And consequently, it's also the oldest creature in existence, according to the Celts. And then um, the wolf is a symbol for learning and deep intuition. So it's very interesting. She started out with that, basically saying, to, to me anyway, she's saying, you know, I have been around forever like like she says um i also have all knowledge and i have a deep intuition and all learning um comes through through me and she kind of represents the forest because she says this is my forest when she meets brendan and um it's very interesting 
And Ashland herself is actually a reference to um, most likely the uh, Ashlands, which are uh, prophetic seers in Celtic culture. Prophetic seers, um, would those be kind of on the line with like soothsayers that are talked about in the Bible a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, that would that would be um, that would be true. That's about where that is. Mm-hmm. Or to make a animated, animated correlation with Fates and Hercules. <laughs> yes, the Fates. Well, again, all that's very interesting. Again, we could talk forever about just the symbolism, but for time's sake, we gotta, gotta make our way down in our analysis. So Brendan, with the aid of Ashlyn, is going up into these trees um, to get these berries in order to make the pigment to help Brother Aiden in illustrating the Kiro page. Yes, the Kiro page. Now, in English, does that translate to anything different or... Because I heard as I heard as Kiro, but then they said again, and I heard as Hero, and Mm-mm, it's Ki C H I Ro. I think it's R O, but that is Latin for Christ, I believe. And very interesting about this film. So with Celtic culture and a lot of the symbolism that's used and the traditions and all that, all of it is very pagan rooted, and they never really say what the book of the kells is it's never like yes this is before gospels but there are some quotes in the movie that allude to what the book is and you can kind of take your own interpretation from there but it's a very interesting juxtaposition using all these pagan symbols and all these different themes to convey to what ultimately became the four gospels but going back to where Brennan is getting these various the pigment and the trees these trees are done in certain type of knots now rebecca you kind of looked closely at this and did a little bit of research on these knots as far as like their meanings and the celtic knots um what do you have for that yeah, Celtic knots are obviously a big part of the Celtic culture. Um, it's the idea of everything intertwines together, um, sort of unity of everything, a oneness, um, which can kind of translate into universalism in a way to me. But the the one that stands out the most, I, I don't remember the other symbols. I'd have to go back, have to go back and watch it. But um, the one that stands out is the Trinity knot. Um, so it's also known as the... Um, Trichetra, Trichetra, I think is how you say it. And it symbolizes different things to different people. It's kind of hard to know because it's such an old, old symbol. But most people take it to mean earth, fire, and air. And then... Um, or for those of you who uh, like 70s and 80s music, earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> yes, exactly. And a lot of Celtic religion centered around threes, the idea of threes, being sort of a perfect number which is you know it's very interesting to me because obviously christianity is built upon threes as well we have father son holy spirit and um we have oh my goodness so many other threes but um because of that actually when the christians of early early celtic christians when they were trying to convert people basically they sort of adopted this trinity not to mean father son and holy spirit but it is definitely a pagan symbol yeah it's interesting there's uh, all the knots all the knots have symbols or have meaning of some kind so if you're interested highly recommend going out on the web and taking a look awesome awesome now we 
finally have the berries to make the pigment. So Ashon leads running that to out of the forest, but not before encountering very scary place yes a very scary place and to Brendan he thinks it's just all made believe this is just a thing to scare children or whatever well he he thinks and has been told by the monks at the abbey that it's just a pagan superstition and I know I'm gonna mess up the name so Becca what do they call this um pagan superstition so his name is Krum Kruik. Yes, so Krum Kruik. Ashlyn is just like terrified and just like lays her face on the ground. And Brendan's yeah. just like, you know, get help you. We gotta, gotta get out of here. This isn't real. And mm-hmm. then just all this weird stuff starts happening. And he's like, what, what is, what is yeah, it? There's these like black vines that come out of this. It looks like a tomb. Yes. And there's a reason for that, which right. I'll explain in a minute. But yeah, there's like black vines that come out and they try to grab Brendan's ankle and pull him in. And Ashlyn is trying to get him to come back. And it's all very dramatic. Brendan's like, what is this? I told you, it's a crawl crook. And just this look on her face, like her lips are all like just... It's all chapped. All chapped and it's sheer terror, traumatic experience. Yeah. So a little bit of background on this Crumb Kruick character. He is obviously a pre-Christian Irish deity that... There's some question as to what he actually is the god of um some people think that he was a fertility god and other people believe that he was some sort of sun god the the idea of him being a sun god actually comes from his image being a gold figure surrounded by 12 stone or bronze figures um, potentially representing the sun and then the 12 zodiac signs surrounding it so that's a possibility. There was another source that gave a bunch of different names for this Crumb Kruik character, and I won't list all of them, but roughly you can kind of translate all of them to mean the dark, crooked lord of the bloody mound. Talk about creepy. Jeez. What I heard and what I thought of when you say said that is during the yes. Genevio. Yes, it's that's like, exactly what I was the thinking. The eye of the wicked lord. Yes. <laughs> Yep, that's that's definitely what I thought of too. Just pull that that eye patch. Ow. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. Stop it. <laughs> oh gosh, I just love when like some characters um just point out like the fallacy and <laughs> yes. people's like claims. So I know maybe no, you don't. <laughs> it is. It's very funny. Um, so basically, Krom is likely more more than the other things. He's likely um, the god of death and also life. And um, either way, he he was a very scary god to the people and that they did not want to anger him. There were stories about him being a like a being from the depths of the earth that around harvest time would come up and he would ravage your crops and render them unusable and so they were really scared of that obviously because that's their livelihood that is how they survive and um, there are also stories of child sacrifices being associated with crumb Kruik, but in all likelihood it's probably that this was exaggerated by the early christians um, in ireland at the time so maybe there were child sacrifices maybe they weren't i don't know very very dark 
Quite, quite. And um, Brendan has that encounter with Crumb Kruik, but then a little later on in the story, he has another encounter where he's basically basing his fears to get this crystal that was said to be the third eye of Column Q. <laughs> so they're right. Yes, well, for this story. Um, and as far as like how they made the patterns, this, this crystal is a theory <laughs> it's a theory uh but it definitely kind of took on its own life in the movie and um they're still not sure experts are still not sure how they actually created all of the intricate little details in uh in there so they had to i mean gosh you would think that they would have some sort of magnifying glass because it's so small and detailed it's incredible going the further along so brendan after this encounter goes back to the abbey goes to brother aiden he's like i got him he's like, ah yes yes this will do nicely and they start making the pigments and yes and then there's an explosion yes. of color and like green cloud <laughs> brother Aiden's like what's that mm-hmm. and it's very displeased it's like you went outside yes not happy poor brendan and then he aiden, gets locked away in the tower and Brother Aiden is trying to advocate. He's like, well, no, I'm trying to rain on the prince. He's like, no, I don't want you filling his time. The, the Vikings are coming. Don't you understand? The Northmen is what they're called in the movie. But yes, yes they are the Vikings. And so basically, Brendan is locked in a quote-unquote dungeon basement. And just well, it's his, in his room. In, in his room, yeah. It's in the tower. Yeah. Right. Which there is actually a big... I was looking at pictures of Kells, the, the current... Uh, well, okay, it's not current, but the old monastery that was there. It's in ruins now. And there was that really big, tall, skinny tower. So who knows? Maybe that was sort of a remnant of what it looked like back then, too. So I thought that was interesting. And so at that at this time, running his fears and insecurities just grow and manifest even more into just, you know, being safe and like kind of questioning. It's like, well, maybe I, I shouldn't be doing this or should be doing that. And day by day, the Northmen are just growing closer and closer. Yeah, they're at this time in history too. They are ravaging that whole area. the The Vikings are making their raids across town. Yeah, well, across the country. But at some point in the film, as you said, he has a second encounter with Kronkruik. Mm-hmm. He faces his fears. He's like, you know, I have to do this. I this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, so Aiden goes into the to meet Crum Kruik and into that like tomb thing, and he ends up falling into this pit and encountering a snake there, which of course is covered in the the Celtic knots and and everything. And the Celtic meaning of a snake is actually rebirth or an awakening or renewal of oneself. And that's exactly what Brendan is doing. He is, there's an awakening that's happening while he's in the that cave. Very interesting. Uh, and from, from a Christianity standpoint, obviously the snake is sort of a symbol of the devil. And, you know, you could even say that Brendan was wrestling with the devil or or the the flesh inside of himself, that, that sin, sinful part and, and triumphing, tri- you know, triumphing over over that but i'm sure if i had to guess the the creators of the movie were leaning more on the celtic meaning of the snake rather than the christian meaning and that's pretty true throughout the whole movie it focuses far more on celtic symbolism than it does 
on Christianity. In fact, Christianity really isn't even mentioned. Again, it's seldomly alluded to, but it's not really mentioned at all in the film. So we kind of get to the end of the film, but before he has that second encounter with Kronkruik, he's locked in the tower and he needs a way to get out to fulfill his quote-unquote purpose, if you will. Yes. Oh, and this is where Pangerbon comes in. Yes. So, yes, so Pangerbon sets out to find Ashlyn so that she can help aid Brendan in getting out of the the tower where he's being held captive and enlists the help of Pangerbon to get the key to get Brendan out of the tower by saying this lovely little ditty. So Pangerbon, who is Pangerbon? Pangerbon's obviously the little cat, a uh, little white cat, but he actually has some historical significance uh, because he, uh, so Pangerbon is actually the name of an old Irish poem. Uh, it was written in the ninth century. So it was around the same time as the Book of Kells. And the poem was written by an Irish monk and he was writing about his cat named Pangerbon. You know, Panger, Panger, it means uh, fuller, which is a step in woolen cloth making, which I found interesting. Um, and it's the process that helps to clean the cloth. So I'm wondering if that maybe is why the cat is depicted as white in the film. So the the contents of the poem, it, it compares the cat's happy hunting to the author's own scholarly pursuits. So that was a nice little like <clears throat> nod to different literature at the time. So if you want to make it, they can literature, get a cat, write about your cat. <laughs> so we get further towards the end of the film, the Northmen come in and attack and it's just, it's just awful. They obliterate the Abbey. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. Yeah, the abbot gets stabbed or shot with an arrow. So Brendan and Aiden actually have to flee by making the berry potion thing, <laughs> the ink, and creating a cloud of that green green stuff. And they end up leaving leaving the abbey. But yeah, the, the abbey is, it's desecrated. And during this whole time that Brendan and Aiden are away from the abbey, they're just focused on creating the Book of Kells, doing the calligraphy, the artwork, illustrations, and it gets to where Ren is going back to the abbey that Aiden says, you know, this is, this book is going to bring people hope. This is turning dark into light, um, which are the key quotes that I pulled out from the film. Because, right. again, we see the Bible, the gospel is the good news. It right. is our hope. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that Brother Aiden says that it's what's in the book that changes lives, not the book itself. You know, like the actual illuminated pages it's the information because it's the illustrated version of the gospels 
Right. And again, that goes kind of back to it's not the church, it's not the pastor, it's not the music, it's not the coffee, it's it, it, it's that relationship, it's the message of what is the good news. Well, all the other things are well and good, and those are, I'll say, elements of what the message is. Again, if you don't have, you know, that the scripture, the word of God, and that relationship, you don't have much of anything, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's 100% about the word of God. And again, there's another quote where Brendan says, you, know, you can't learn every, everything from books. And again, that kind of goes back. You mean Aiden? Oh, sorry. Not, not Aiden. Brendan. Or, or is it Aiden? Um, oh, no, it was it was Brendan who said that to the abbot, right? Yes. At the end? Yes. Okay. And that just kind of goes back to our theme of going outside and, you know, seeing God in nature and all these different things. Well, you can learn a lot of things from books and, you know, especially the good book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You still have to operate in the world. Like, right. You still have to exist in the world. Yes. Um, but it's the instruction manual that informs how to live your life. That's correct. So, again, we really enjoyed this film. Um, as far as personal recommendations, I would give this a solid solid 8 out of 10. I was, I was entertained and I was, it was very insightful. I love the history surrounding it. Um, the art, the art style is just very vibrant, bright. Just, uh, I loved it. I would agree. Yeah, I would give it. I would give it that rating as well. Maybe even an eight point five. Um, it's one of my favorites. My favorite um, periods, illuminated manuscript. It's one of my favorite things to study and all of that. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I loved how the art style of the film itself really reflected Celtic culture and the Book of Kells itself you know all of those little viney things um uh it, pictures in the book of kells it was shown on screen in the movie and that was really cool to see the book of kells essentially come to life that was awesome if you have an hour and 18 minutes so again this is under the traditional of what most of the movies are which is an hour and a half we had it on dvd and we watched it that way and i know i liked it so much that when it came out uh -huh. i bought the dvd <laughs> that's that's how you know it's good when you want a physical copy well that was also i mean 2016 it doesn't seem like that long ago but even then streaming still wasn't that popular popular yeah i mean you had yeah. netflix and everything but people were still using cable and on mm -hmm. and on demand there, there were no we're near the myriad of streaming services that we have now oh my gosh well streaming services i mean they've popped up there's so many of them even in the past really two to three years it's like we get a new one like every few months mm -hmm. but speaking of streaming it is now time for what are we watching this is what we're watching this week And we've been watching quite a lot over the past week. Oh my goodness, yes. I got really tired of what, or saying the same thing every week of like, well, we're watching these things again. Yes, and again, and, and again, again, and again. And I was like, you know, we either need to not do that 
segment each week <laughs> or we need to add some stuff and it's hard because we want to like mention like new things that are watching and we go back and watch one thing and we stop for a bit and i think it's when we want to continually watch it so we can finish it yes i want to finish some things um i did finish one thing though by myself um it was an anime actually called and i rarely watch things by myself like i typically the only thing only tv shows or movies that i watch is with josh so this was rare for me but it's because i had a day off and I was like, hey, you know what? I actually have time. I can finish this. Yay. And uh, so it was called Brother Complex. And apparently that's the thing. It's a thing for like have a brother sister complex in anime. Um, But and I so I was a little like, how are they going to treat this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. But it actually was really well done. I thought Um, I mean, it was (laughs) this girl. All she wants. She's been an only child for her whole life and all she wants is to have a family a big family and she her dad ends up remarrying a woman who has 18 sons ranging all different ages and so uh she comes into this family they like live in this it's a huge house a huge huge house but it looks like an apartment building that like is all their own which is kind of interesting but um they uh you know there's a couple of them that end up falling in love with her and she's like i feel a little uncomfortable about this i i don't know don't know how i feel about this and uh, i was like well good for you girl (laughs) so she never did anything with anybody um and they were step siblings which is always a sticky situation but i appreciated how they ended up handling the whole thing and she was she ended up saying like no like i just want brothers so i'm sorry i'm gonna turn all of you down but it was cute and fun and you know yes and with different complexes like you know brother complex sister complex um age gap things um yeah there are they can go different ways it's very pleasant when they don't and it's very um classy how they handle it Um, yeah unlike um domestic girlfriend girlfriend, oh my goodness uh, why did we continue watching that i don't know basically this is wa- not a clean anime it's not it's not <laughs> don't one watch that, it yeah it's not one that we would recommend if you want to see what a train wreck is <laughs> then i guess but, yeah. right it's like that's 2020 and in, in a anime it was a dumpster fire Ugh, you can't look yes. away no you can't oh. you just want to see what happens <laughs> yeah you're like what are they gonna do oh no it gets worse and worse and worse ah <laughs> Uh, another one that I would start watching, just kind of a little bit of brevity, because we have been watching Fruits Basket, and oh my gosh, oh. the second <laughs> half of like season two. Oh my it, gosh, it's it, so heavy. It hits hard time after time Every after time. Every single one. Normally, I can't. I want to like binge watch and and watch you know like multiple multiple episodes at the same time. But with Fruits Basket. Um, Sometimes I'm like, no, I'm good with just one because it was so emotionally, you know, draining and yeah. Well, it is because I mean, you want to cry all the time and yeah, it's it's crying and then you're laughing laughing. and then your heart hurts and you're like, why are they doing this to us? (laughs) But we only have one season left, and the last two seasons have been twenty. Five twenty-six episodes average. Uh, but the last season, season three, only thirteen episodes. Yeah, they're gonna. Well, I mean, it, it's starting to feel like it's starting to wrap up. So we're starting to understand a little bit more about the curse and what's going on. So, um, yeah. So at the end of 
uh, the last episode of season two. I won't say what it is to ruin it for those of you who haven't seen it, but we learn a big piece of information that has just kind of rocked my world a little bit in regards to Fruits Basket. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought this was one thing and it's completely different. It's crazy. And when you see it or when you know, when it's revealed, it makes a lot of sense. It, oh my gosh, it makes so much more sense. You're like, Oh, things are kind of okay, kind of coming into place. So I'm excited to see where it's going to go in the last season. I'm, I was, I get excited (laughs) throughout the whole second season. I kept saying like, Josh, there's, there's a, there's another season, right? And he says, yes. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm so happy. It's not over. (laughs) But it's the last one. Hey, but it sounds like it's wrapped up really nicely. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And when we've watched a very like, drama drama like hit heavy episodes i'm like okay we need a little bit of brevity <laughs> so we've started watching a comedy that's kind of split in the two episodes um <laughs> per episode and that is uh chiro's school road it's hilarious yes it, very it, unassuming silly so you're is, like what is this it what is it? very much on par with ghost stories a little bit uh yeah ghost uh, i can see ghost stories as far as the um, comedy oh i would say the comedy is on the whole level of konosuba oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah you got a point there yeah <laughs> i mean it's good it's really good um we've, we've watched two episodes now right yeah that's right oh my gosh it's hilarious yeah and, and then uh then with boy meets world we finally made it to the point in yes. the story where they uh uh oh my gosh what's his name what's the dad's name Alan. Alan. Huh. I know this. Alan uh, bought the store, the um, sports sports store. And so the, that starts the outdoor a new sporting store. O- outdoor, outdoor sporting, sporting store. store. Yeah, that sporting one. Store, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's like a whole new chapter and I love it. Like from this point on, it's it's just, I don't know. So it's like something changed in the story that's just, oh, it's so good. And it hits hard every time. It does. It does. I love Boy Meets World such a good good show and for those of you who are kidding with tokyo revengers oh yeah it's also hitting hard oh my goodness each and every week it's just ah the brawl that is happening is being like stretched out through several episodes i think they're gonna keep on this until the last one probably that would be my guess yeah oh I need to know. I need to know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> this is stressful. It's so good, though. All right, so we're done. Took it over the Avengers. We did School Road, Fruits yep. Basket, Boys yep. World. Oh, what was that one that we started last weekend that was... Um, oh, it was the Isekai. Yes, yes. Uh, what was the name of that uh, one? Let me, let me look at it real quick. Yes, so the one that we started last weekend was called The Saints' National Powers is... Omnipotent. <laughs> well, that's that's a long title, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, yeah, that one was really good. I liked it a lot. Yes. So, kind of a brief description of that one is about a woman who is summoned to this other world, and she is seen as a saint. Um, well, so- she's not. Oh, oh, there no. were two girls were two. that were summoned at the same time. Uh, yes. And the prince thought it was the other person. Right. But actually, it's, it's the, the main character. One. So he yeah. ought to feel pretty silly, though, now. Well, he seems like a jerk from what we've seen and heard of him. So, 
yeah, he's he's back in the wrong horse, but you know, that's okay. It reminds me a lot of the Shield Hero actually. Yes. Which is fabulous. We need to do something on that soon. Shield Hero? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe we should go back and watch it then cuz it's been a bit. It, it has been a bit because season 2 is said to come out sometime next year, 2022. Ooh, really? Yes. Ooh, that's exciting. Mhm. And the first season was just ah, oh, so good. It was. It was really, really good. Lots of misunderstandings. Lots of, oh my gosh, there's so many things that we could talk about. Namely, uh, giving your enemy the other cheek. I think that's probably the biggest theme. Yes. And it, that that particular theme is kind of throughout the whole first season, but mm-hmm. definitely in that one episode. Yeah. Yeah. We have to figure out how to do TV shows because so far we've only done movies because it's it's a one, you know, one to two hours that we can sit down and watch something and pull information from. But doing TV shows is really hard. So perhaps at some point in the future, we'll actually figure out how to do TV shows for for the podcast. Right. Because, again, as you said, Rebecca, it's with movies, it's one singular story. And that's how, and, and and that is TV shows as well. That is, yeah, but it's, it's episodic, longer. and yeah, right. yeah. Well, I mean, if you have, like, particularly for like anime, you know, if you have twenty four episodes in a season and they're thirty minutes long each, um, I mean, you know, that's twelve hours of watching. That's a lot of content to go through. Absolutely, it is. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this episode on The Secret of Kells. Uh, again, we know this is a bit more history-laden um, than others that we've done. Uh, probably this is the most history we've done on a, on a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like we said earlier, let us know. Um, send us an email or on you know chat with us on social media. DM us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Did you like the history? Um, what are your thoughts and opinions on the, the movie if you've seen it? Uh, or have you actually gone to see the Book of Kells? We definitely want to know. And once again, we do thank all of you listeners for kind of supporting us by listening to our podcast. Again, we do thank you for that. And go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, we can be found on all the major podcast directories. And with social media, we are at Analuya on both Twitter and Facebook and at Analuya Podcast on Instagram. So we invite you once again to join in the conversation and just tell us your thoughts and what you think. But with that, we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Analuya Podcast. Be sure to check us out online at analuya.com. There you'll find our weekly blog and a list of all our podcast episodes. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Join us next time on the Analuya Podcast. <laughs>